Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Hawaii Abroad Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Auntie Max. And today is Aloha Friday. This is a day that we can hear from former Hawaii residents about their journey relocating elsewhere. And today's interview is with a native Hawaiian, Wahine, a mana Wahine, and she's very passionate in supporting the Lahui, those that have relocated, especially those that relocated in the community that she is in. I'm excited to bring her story to all of you, and I'm going to allow her to introduce herself and just get right into it. So, without further ado, let's get started. Ooh, aloha, Cece. Thank you for joining me. Aloha no, anake, kabahine. Mahalo for having me. <laughs> yes, mahalo for being here. Okay, so why don't we get right into it? Can you share uh, where you originally from, where you recently moved, where you are now, and tell us a little bit about your journey on relocating and now becoming a resident of Las Vegas, Nevada? Hi, mahalo. O Sisi Kauluolani Kalin. Uh, um, so I am originally from Kahalu'u O'ahu. Um, I live here in Las Vegas now. Um, this is actually my round two. So I lived here back when I went to Kulanui at UNLV, worked for Hawaiian Airlines, moved up here with my Kane, who is also from Kahalu'u, uh, Nakua is my kane. Um, we had a keiki kane, kama'ehu, back in 08 um, and decided to relocate back to Oahu after having our first child. Um, we had another baby back in Hawaii, stayed there for about seven years and just relocated back here in Las Vegas in 2017, 2018, um, right before the pandemic. And then we had two more keiki. <laughs> so um, all together, I have three keiki total that were born in Las Vegas and only one Hawaii born. Um, so that's our journey a little bit of relocating and coming back and forth uh, from Las Vegas. And for us per se, Nakua and I, um, initially our first round here at Las Vegas, um, we went to Kula right? We were young parents, um, didn't really know what we were doing. So obviously we, we went back home to get support from Ohana, but there was always some sort of feeling of unfinished business, quote unquote, when we moved back to Hawaii. Obviously it's home, nothing can replace Hawaii, you know, um, everything from culture to Ohana, to the lifestyle, to aloha, that is never replaceable on our Onehanel, right, on our, on our homeland, on our Kula'ivi. And so with that being said, um, obviously the financial strains of single family Ohana, multi-family Ohana, um, back on Oahu particularly, it took a strain on our individual Ohana. And a lot of people will say, you know, did you, did you feel the need? Did you feel the push uh, out of Oahu? And for us, it was a little easier because we had already lived here or lived off of Oahu. So we knew the expectations. We knew what we 
um, could expect of ourselves, of what was required of us. And ultimately, yes, the finances was clearly, um, I would say a motivation to really expedite a move. And, and, but for us, it was more of a time freedom. My husband and I took on second jobs. Um, we had two cakey and it's hard, you know, friends and family, especially those who live up here in Amalika, who live up in the States, they would call us and, you know, their idea of Hawaii living, they think we're sipping on pina coladas on the beach all day when in actuality you're you're hustling you're paying for paradise right and and it's really really difficult and it took a strain on my marriage um i felt at one point that i was losing myself um not only as a wife or a mother but also as just a wahine as a mama as a kanaka that i i I lost myself at one point and I couldn't really be the best version of myself if I was constantly strained by so many other things than what I aspire to be. And, and ultimately I tell people, Las Vegas, anywhere that would provide that time freedom, that financial freedom for you, like life is too short to not take advantage of that. It's unfortunate that I did have to, you know, displace my whole ohana away from where our heart is um, currently, you know, but I always tell my kids, Hawaii is always our home. We know it's there. We will return to her someday. Um, but just right now, this is where our feet has taken us. So um, yeah, the the journey here has not been easy. Um, my two older keiki went through the Kayapuni Hawaiian immersion system. So having known that, um, we've battled years. We're still battling years. Um, so I have, my, my oldest will enter high school. My second oldest, Kamalani, will enter middle school. Last school year, so last school year, imagine being an eighth grader and that's your first year of English school ever in your life. Um, away from anything culturally adept to you know, familiarity of what you know. So schools up here in Vegas are built like prisons. They, they pretty much mimic the style of a prison and that's, that's documented in architecture. They like the structure of these cement buildings. You know, there's no windows, there's no, you don't see the daylight in your classrooms. Um, so for my Kiki who had outdoor classrooms, they didn't wear slippers in, in their classrooms, um, they were outside for half of the day. Um, they they spent you know classroom time out on the grass, and then being pretty much imprisoned in this cement block, you know, four walls confined, doesn't see the the sunlight till maybe you walk out for lunch. Um, so for them, psychologically, on top of education, it's been very, very difficult, um, not to mention just the, the curriculum. Um, the way of thinking uh, is also very different. And I'll give you guys an, a quick example. So when Kama Ehu first moved to Las Vegas, he had to take an aptitude test. And the teacher went through a series of questions, science questions, and they asked him, they said, a rock, is a rock a living or a non-living um, 
item, right? And off the back, you know, he was fifth grade, uh, fourth, going into fifth grade when we first moved here. And he said, living, that rock is living. And he was so certain of his answers. He, I was in the corner of the room and he looked up and was, gave the teacher a look and said, living, got that, next question. And she just wrote, you know, took notes and was, was like, mm. and in my mind, my husband and I, my, my heart was completely torn because now we had to teach him not in, not per se, like we're still battling this where it's heart versus mind, right? What, what you're learning in school versus what you've been taught your whole life. Our Aina or rock is, we, we know it as a living, breathing, you know, source where you put a seed into our Aina, you water it, you nurture it, it grows, we eat from it, you know, it's the circle of life. And for my my son to be told that the rock, our Aina, our living land is not living, I mean, it blew his mind. It took months and months and months to, and I, and, it, and as a mother of what I've wanted for him to understand in his heart, um, that was so difficult. It's still difficult. To, for him to grasp that. And it we went back and he goes, mom, I've been lying this whole time in my life. I said, no, you're not lying. Like you haven't been lied to. Um, it's a different perspective, right? So people just need to be educated on where we come from, what we've been taught. Um, but yeah, this is pretty much our life. Um, my Kiki, still Olelo, and now we're trying to create programs and still adapt to living here in Las Vegas while carrying our culture from home. So here in our home, we olelo, we eat the things um, that we eat at home. It's a little more expensive, um, but we, like we do we try and eat fresh fish and, and kalo and we olelo Hawaii as best as possible. We sing, like yeah, we like sing mele and and that's, I think that's the biggest thing that I stress when meeting Kanaka up here who feel that they were forced out of Hawaii and, and are extremely homesick. I'm so fortunate to go home pretty often and kind of refuel myself and, and, you know, refill our cup. But I will say that is probably like, you have to continue to do the things that fill your, your na'o right otherwise it and it takes I'm not gonna lie it takes a lot more effort you know you can't just walk to the grocery store you can't just walk to Fulan and pick up your you know your pound poke and go to the beach and with your ukulele you know you really have to create your hui of people um support the local eateries out here make your own food um it's a little more difficult for, for sure but that's my that's my biggest when people tell me, how do you, how are you surviving out here? You know, we didn't, we didn't change. We didn't change who we are. Um, and our feet definitely took us to a different Aina. We're learning to appreciate this Aina for the beauty it, you know, it brings, but also continuing to hold on to what Hawaii has, has gifted us as well. My kai, my kai, wow. That is very interesting. Everything, everything that you just shared. <laughs> very interesting. But yeah, in in Las Vegas, 
it's a desert. So it's a total different um, right. lifestyle and how to live there compared to in Hawaii. Yeah, we're outdoors all the time. We're using our slippers. You know, the kids are learning about the aina and so on. So it's so unfortunate to hear that experience that your that your child, your kiki, had to go through. But really, it's it's us trying to trying to let him know that no, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, especially when it comes to our belief in our culture. When it comes to the pohaku, to the rock, you know. It's yeah, it's I'm so sorry that he had to go through that. But yeah, together we just gotta find that community. We gotta get that, you know, Hawaiian community to back us all up. And I hear that since we're talking about culture, I hear that you're doing a bunch of things to help perpetuate our Hawaiian culture. So can you share a little bit about that? Hi. So alongside with some amazing organizations that have been supporting endeavors, um, particularly within the Pacific Islander Hawaiian community. I want to give a shout out to Island Envy. They are an amazing organization. Uh, They put on various uh, programs, ohana outings for our lahui. If you are not connected with Island Envy, um, I just support them. Um, I am an ohana who partakes in their, their, their programs. Um, And I was also so fortunate to be one of their instructors at their inaugural Inspire event a few weeks ago, um, actually in June, at the ending of June. And what that program was, it was a three-day cultural, Hawaiian cultural enrichment program where they were able to welcome 125 keiki um, from middle school to high school at no cost for three days in completely immersed in Olelo Hawaii, Mo'omehu, Hawaiian history, Hanalima crafts, lei, ukulele, as well as hula from instructors who live here, who have now relocated from Hawaii and now live here in Vegas. And I am actually going to, they have inspired me to Holomua and with their kako'o, with their support, I have decided to launch this Hawaiian series of my own. And so we're looking to kick off on Monday, uh, the 25th at Enterprise Library. We will be hosting um, a model workshop that's actually by invite only. So if anybody are interested, definitely um, Anake Kopahine will have my information. And I am on social media as well, CC Cullen, but we have a model workshop that is being hosted and that is in observance of La Ho'ihoi'ea, our Hawaiian Restoration Day at the ending of this month. And we will also have a interest meeting to our Ma Lama Lama series. So our Hawaiian culture series that will be taking place twice every month. Um, we are starting off at Enterprise Library here in the Clark County uh, Library Systems. We are looking to expand elsewhere. So if you are interested, please reach out. Um, We want to find other locations where Hawaiians would like to gather and we can coordinate there. But this Hawaiian series is going to be a vast of arts and crafts and just all kind of knowledge from instructors who live here. So that is my main goal from having hopefully Anake Kawahine soon. Um, We want everyone who is willing to share and create this gathering place where 
in Hawaii, it's really simple to just say, hey, we're gonna meet at the beach. You know, here it takes a little more effort um, because we're battling with the extreme weathers, right? We can't necessarily meet outdoors all the, all the time. We have pockets of seasons where it's really, really nice. Yeah, um, but yeah. I also want to be, um, you know, we want to make sure our kupuna are taken care of, our, our pepe are taken care of. So right now in AC is where we have to be. Uh, so that is something really exciting and has been on my heart for a really long time. So I'm a hollow organizations like Island Envy who has set the pathway for Kanaka like us who really have a burning desire to give back to the Lahui in, in any way, right? So I'm creating this program as, as more so the coordinator. So I am putting out that kahel to anyone who would like to teach, who even just storytelling. I tell, I tell people all the time, I tell my kiki themselves that, you know, whenever we're home in Hawaii, sit with your kupuna, listen to the stories, write down their recipes, um, these are so important uh, to really just be in, in the moment, right? Because once these stories are lost, um, they're lost forever, you know? And it's our kuleana to perpetuate our culture in any way. You know, a lot of people are like, ah, everyone back home, they, they can take care of that. It's no, everyone has a part in this all the way down to our babies, you know? So we want to include the entire ohana in this Malama Lama series. And we hope everyone can um, come out. Oh, my Kai. Yes, I would love to come and join and see see yes. the everything that you guys are helping to perpetuate. It's really important, especially with our, our keiki. Yeah, we got to teach them Yeah, how to um, learn about our culture. Uh, we need to perpetuate with them. And sharing that mana'o with um, others, especially, you know, practitioners that is maybe in the area that can teach and can share that is so my and you know it's awesome that we even we have the internet too so sometimes when it comes to hearing some of those um legends or those mo'olelos we can still gather them and get that from back home yeah but you know it's important when it comes to our keikis here sharing with them because they a lot of them are born here, you know, now it's a new generation, they're born here, and they haven't gone home, and they didn't have that experience that we had, you know, so, so if we can create those spaces for them to help them understand who they actually are, my kai, my kai, because you know, you got to know your roots, right, and able right. to move forward, you got to know where you came from, right. and and what happened during those times. So my kai, I commend you guys. And yeah, holomua, yes, because I know that kind of service is really needed, really needed. And the word needs to get out. I know in Las Vegas, there's a huge community that want to perpetuate, but they're not sure where to go. So they need direction. So us getting that word out is my kai, my kai. And, so. and I was clearly, and I'm still, I'm still one of those. I'm making the connections like with you, Anake, um, with other organizations that are already doing this, you know? So that's, that's the beauty in it. There are people like yourself, other practitioners, other uh, kumuhula, other, you know, even just people just talking story. I, I meet other kanaka at parks with my ohana and we just talk story and, 
And sometimes just that fills your na'au, right? And so there's so many people who move here. There are other organizations that support like the Hawaiian Civic Club, like the Ninth Island Cultural Club. These, these organizations are setting the pathway and we just all have to get together, right? Like and, that, yeah. and create that, that pilina so everyone can feel you know, that, that aloha. Um, especially I'm, I'm speaking for those who have recently located for those who particularly felt pushed out. You know, I don't want, I moved here without any of that, that hoo-hoo, without that resentment. And I know I have friends and family who do, they, they feel like they still have that resentment, right? Like Hawaii kicked me out, you know? And so mm -hmm. it's difficult. It's difficult to create some kind of, you know, that, that connection to home when you're still carrying that, that with you, you know, it's heavy, but no, I'm, I'm a hollow what you just said about these Kiki who this generation. So I have cousins already. So my age, you know, in their thirties who are born and raised in Las Vegas. So at this, uh, at this three day inspire event, um, I mentioned to you, Andy, um, at one, at one time when we was Balao, but Kumu Hula, um, or Kumu Loke Mokiao, she was the Hula instructor along with her Alaka'i son, um, Royson, we have a shout out to them, but I was so, um, this is still carrying on into the hearts of those. So she taught the, the mele kaleo kamanu to these keiki. And as we know, there's lines that um, kahea out to the different boku, like nanakuli and papakolea. And she made a rendition of an added o nanakuli ea, uh, kalamai, o nevada ea, kalamai, o nevada ea. And it was in honor of these keiki who will grow up here who are born and raised here in Nevada. And let me tell you, um, my social media after this, this class, these Keiki are like finding me on social media now. And they're so proud for the first time in their life as a Kanaka. You know, some of them have never even, they came up to me and they're like, Auntie, what is Hawaii like? And you're talking about six, seven graders, right? So that's 10, 11, 12, even years old have never had the opportunity to step foot on our aina, you know, have beautiful, beautiful, long Hawaiian names, but, but haven't had the opportunity quite yet to return home to their, to their, to their homelands, right? Even though they were physically born here. Um, so that, I, I can't mahalo kumuloke enough because she's empowered these keiki to have that connection that was like, wow, I really am, Kanaka, like I'm part of this, this, you know, like mo'oku auhau, like I have this connection back to Hawaii, you know, really for the first time, a lot of them, and, and it's, and it's not like a disrespect to their, their ohana, like, oh my gosh, you didn't teach them or whatever, because likewise in my house, I'm continuously learning, you know, and teaching my keiki, there's stories that my keiki are like, Hey, I've never heard that. What, when was this? You know, and I said, Oh, did I not tell you the story? Okay, come, let, let me tell you the story. So it's in these, these moments where these keiki are very, very eager to learn that I am just going to capitalize on, on all of this, this feelings that these keiki are now yearning to want to know and get all this information. And I want to make sure that 
this information that they're gathering, you know, is, is fueling them, is polole, is correct. And um, from, from experts that we have here in Vegas. So a lot of people don't realize there's so many people who are already doing these things to perpetuate our language, our culture, our art um, out here. So I'm, I'm really excited and I wanted to just put that out about, about Kumuloke because she really did um, change or pretty much just really connect these keiki just by creating a rendition where these keiki would feel like, you know, because that one melee talks about the different moku. You're talking about the Waianai coast. You're talking about the Kona coast. You have Ko'olau Poko, Ko'olau Loa, specifically on, on the island of Oahu. And she added that. And I like, my heart burst because I am Kanaka Ba'oli. I am a Kamehameha graduate. I'm very proud. But I only have one keiki who is Hawaii born. My other three are Vegas born. One when I was in college and two when we returned back here. So I, I don't, you know, I don't segregate them in that way. I don't discriminate them. I teach them the same. They have the same cocoa, they have the same blood, but yes, where they were physically born was not, the three were, was not in Hawaii. So for them, I don't teach them any different. Um, and I, I feel the same for the Kiki who were born here. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you actually live, you are still Kanaka, yeah? So we need to support that. Maikai, I was just wondering, um, because it seems like you're trying to just network out to people, yeah? And, you know, especially our Kanaka. When it comes to this pandemic, is there challenges on getting things out there and connecting, actually physically connecting? I know we are people that likes to be with each other, you know, we are Absolutely. emotional people that got a hug and horny and everything. And we got to be around each other. So you're so great, is so, oh, <laughs> that, that was something that my mom, when she first moved up to Vegas and, you know, in here in Vegas, we really only shut down two months. Like the actual shutdown was two months. Um, we had masks up until, you know, but even, even in the casinos, I mean, after the shutdown, the casinos were packed. They were packed. Um, we still wore masks and, and took our precautions. But like you mentioned earlier, Anake, with the use of technology, uh, Zoom, my Kiki's call it, my Kiki call it Zoomalani, is our is our other Ohana member. Because I love that. <laughs> yeah, Zoom has become a platform that's become really essential. And so like you mentioned earlier, even in the comforts of our home, um, we have Kumu like Kumu Kahanu Ola who started Ehoopili Mai during the pandemic. So many people because of the time and allowance and then the platform of Zoom allowed people to share um, freely from the comforts of their home safely. And, and with that, I also plan to connect with other Kumu back in Hawaii who are willing to share, but my series is to actually connect with people living here because I want, I want other Kanaka to know that it's possible. There are Kanaka living here, right? Um, we will have guest speakers coming from Hawaii when they travel. But in terms of, I think the pandemic, yes, it has made it difficult to have the face-to-face -face, um, interactions. We are still living through the pandemic. So we have to be cautious, of course, um, 
but yes, like you said, like Hawaiians, oh my goodness, you go to one Hawaiian event, it's like, honey, 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 you know, um, puliki, puliki, everybody. And then you go back to your, your ka'a and you're like, oh, I got to sanitize, you know? And, but it's yep. so, it's so difficult, especially for my kiki. They're like, I, you know, even giving knuckles or, um, you know, uh, I'm my, my third child, he, he's all about throwing shaka. So everybody is like, oh, 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 everybody, you cool. know? And so, yes, but yes, in our, in our culture, it's, it was very difficult because we are very touchy feely. We have to be in our, each other's, you know, aloha within our breathing space. And so that I'd say is probably one of the most difficult to not be, um, in you know and we have to be cautious of those who who are higher at risk like our babies and our kahuna but i'd say with the technology platforms everyone can be included right so anytime i teach i will also try my best um there's nothing like being in the room though you know but we will try our best to to live stream we haven't really decided what classes and and how we're doing that quite yet because we want people to be present as much as possible, but we understand that there are limitations um, for others, you know? So we are still working on those fine details in terms of our Malama Lama series. But yes, I have been networking. I go to events. Um, I do other things as well. Then the community, I do natural la'o la'o. Um, so yes, uh, this is a kahel to the entire Vegas Lahui. Uh, instructors, Kumu, anyone willing to just connect. You know, there are so many avenues and I have to just mahalo people who have been the foundation here, here in Vegas who have set the, done the groundwork. You know, I have so many people to thank um, who are continuing, who have done this for 20 plus years. Um, I have friends that I look up to in the community. Um, there's so many local restaurants. But it wasn't until I was a mama in Hunanaleo that I really, really indulged in our Olalohava'i. You know, I learned the structures, the sentence structures, the vocab, um, the pronunciation, and so forth. But really speaking, um, having conversations in everyday life, um, I'm still learning. You know, every day is a learning experience for all of us. But I did not really learn how to converse fluently until my Kiki went to Punanaleo. And I will tell you, like I owe so much to the Kayapuni system, the Punanaleo system um, for really just immersing my Ohana and welcoming us into that world. Um, and we, we fell into it really, really deep and I mahalo them. I stay connected anytime I am home. We still connect with all my, my Kiki's friends, um, even, even the Kumu to this day, all the Kumu we're still close friends with. Um, anytime I have questions, all of them are just willing and open to teach. And it's just an amazing community to be a part of for life. And so that world of Kayapuni and Hawaiian immersion and everything that these, these instructors and the entire um, hui of, of those who are perpetuating our language and our culture um, actively every day in their work or lifestyles 
in Hawaii and what they do for our greater community, um, it's really, really, really commendable um, when, when you dig deep, because like we've mentioned, it is, it's a labor of the heart, right? You have to, it's something that burning desire to want to share, want to perpetuate. Um, and, and it's a, it's, I, I tell my kids here, it's, it's our kuleana, you know, it's our kuleana to keep these traditions alive and to teach them in the best way possible. Here, we battle with the authenticity, right? People are like, how authentic is that? You know, is that hula? Is that mele that you're teaching with limited resources? You know, and I said, we try our best. Um, I, I have a kumu who wanted to teach a kapala workshop, you know, and when we teach kapala, you, it's normally from ohe, you, you learn about what you're going to stamp and the, the images and how to do them, what kind of materials to do them from, when you do them, you know, so we are, we are trying to be as authentic as we can here with the limited resources that we do have and um, just trying to hold more, you know, and I tell people all the time, abroad or not, um, it is, especially if you are, you know, Kanaka Maoli, Kanaka Oivi, if you have the koko and you were, and I, and I want to just add a little tidbit, you know, a lot of people ask me, do you consider Hawaiians who don't have blood Hawaiians? And I will say no, but, you know, Kama'aina alike, Kama'aina, if you have called Hawaii your home for X amount of years, you have a kuleana too, because now you know, now you've been taught, now you are a protector of the land, the traditions. Um, so it's to me, I the quote unquote Hawaiian, you know, it's not like Californian, right? It's it's an actual ethnicity. So a lot of people ask me where I stand on that, and I don't, I don't, you know, you're not Hawaiian because, like, for me, I'm. A lot of people ask me, you speak Spanish, you know, you live so close to Mexico, you consider yourself Mexican? I'm like, no, you know, I, I would never rob a, a native Mexican of their culture and try to adopt it as my own, but I respect it, I honor it, I will give it the full, you know, the full glory it deserves in their own right. But uh, I tell people all the time, I have friends and family that I've grown up with um, my dad, my dad is not even Hawaiian. My mom is the Hawaiian. And my dad is one of the most Kanaka I know, you know, but is he Hawaiian? You know, in his heart, he always said, in my heart, I'm Hawaiian, babe. Don't worry about me, okay? And I said, yes, dad, you know, but so I tell people not to, you know, create some kind of division. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I just want people to understand that Hawaiian is an ethnicity. It's a race. It is not a nationality it is not um I lied because we're a nation but I'm saying like in this you know under uh, America that but I tell people all the time like you call Hawaii your home you may not have the blood but you have a kuleana now I have friends and family like I said that will you know know more about the Hawaiian culture perpetuate um their you know kama'aina have they call Hawaii their home. They're the ones picking up the opala on the beach. You don't have to carry the Hawaiian blood to know the traditions, to practice these traditions. You know, everyone has a part, you know? So 
don't feel discouraged. Don't, when people talk about these things, because Kama'aina, you know, Kanaka Maoli, we all carry the same. And it's, especially if you know, that's where I say, if you have been taught, if you are open to learning the traditions and our culture and in turn respect it, you then carry the kuleana as well. So it, it's, I, you know, I know people have their own opinions as well, but that's how I feel. I feel that yeah. everyone can, can learn, you know, and everyone, likewise, if we went to another country, you know, we go, we move our feet, we may not be of that blood, you know, and you go there, you need to respect their lifestyle, their culture. And in turn, you share what you learned with somebody else. And now you're honoring that other culture. You know, you don't need to adopt it as your own and call it your own. Um, but there is a respect level that needs to be given to it, you know, especially if you're living on that Aina. It's very different, you know. So I just I just wanted to add that because some people get a very weary of how I see it and present it, but I mean it in the best way. Everyone carries a kuleana. Um, I polole, yeah. You know, you make a really good, good point when it comes to the you know, the people, the residents of Hawaii, whether you have the koko or you don't have the koko, you know, yeah, there's a kuleana there. And, you know, I remember growing up um, way back when Israel Kamakafiwa Ole was, mm -hmm. um, was sharing, was singing, and he was talking about, oh, the Hawaiians, you know, our kanaka, and oh, the Hawaiians at heart, you know, and that's the ones that was raised in Hawaii, the ones that embrace our lifestyle, the ones that embrace our culture, you know they have a voice too, right. you know, and that's why um, this new season, because we're in season two for this podcast. And that's why I, <laughs> mahalo, that's why I decided to include them because season one was just the Kanaka, just the Hawaiians that was relocated that left Hawaii. Yeah. But, you know, we have those people that grew up in Hawaii that embraced everything. And they went through the same thing. Eventually they probably had different reasons why they had to leave. So, so they have a voice too. So I wanted to hear their voices. So that's why I included them also, you know? And yeah, we have Hawaiians with the cocoa and Hawaiians with, you know, Hawaiian blood. I mean, Hawaiian at heart. I mean, I have many family members, especially my grandfather, he was pure Spanish, but- Wow, see, and that's what I mean. You know, his, what the way he talked was like a Kanaka. And I swear he was one, one of the guys that he was just like, just like your dad. No worry, baby. I Hawaiian in my heart, you know? Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, that's my dad all the time. Yeah. My kids still to this day, Papa, you know, you know Hawaiian. And he goes, Adamo's Hawaiian Kanaka. Right? You know, and I just, I just crack up because my dad is half Filipino, half Japanese. Um, My grandparents met for World War II. You know, um, and so it's it's interesting. It's just, yes. And I tell people all the time, you have a kuleana as well. Um, a lot of my friends, I mean, I have friends, pure Kepani, pure, pure Kepani. Their olelo is so beautiful. Um, I cannot, you know, I learn from them. I have so many friends and family. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, that question comes up to me a lot and how, and I, and I feel like the people who do ask me, are trying to create a division. And for me, that's not my yeah. intention. My intention is to educate of, you know, our ethnicity as Kanaka Maoli with Oibi, like actual 
you know, um, bloodline. And, and that's very different, um, but not to create a division. Like I said, sometimes the most proud and the most, you know, those practitioners, the ones who are perpetuating the culture the most are, are those Hawaiians at heart. Yes, yes. Well, uh, I want to redirect a little bit because we've been talking a lot about, you know, the mainland and things that's been happening. I was wondering, what about some fond memories that you would like to share with us about Hawaii? Growing up in Hawaii, I'm sure you got a bunch of them. So how about sharing some? <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of a loaded question. But um, growing up in, in Hawaii, I mean, it's the best place in the world, right? Um, for those of us who are so fortunate to grow up on on the sands of of our islands and our homelands, and oh, I get choked up because um, so my two older Kiki, you know, they were so fortunate to grow up on the islands, but now I have two younger Kiki who, right now, um, I have two. My middle children are on Oahu. Uh, they spend summers on Oahu with my in-laws and my dad lives up there, over there and they live about 100 feet apart on an old country road and they can run in between grandparents houses um grow up chasing chickens um playing in the ponds um catching crawfish my my three-year-old was running around in his rubber boots you guys know those locals rubber boots and he's in the river then you know cleaning the lo'i with his papa and so that is country living for me. Um, my husband and I grew up, we grew up about, I, I'd say not even a mile apart, but didn't know each other until after we become, we became adults. We had a lot of family, friends, you know, we've crossed, we've probably crossed paths a few times while we were growing up, but I never knew Nicole until I was about 18. And we've met through mutual friends, um, actually through my brother. And a lot of what we do and how we live up here is, is rooted in our childhood, right? Doing the things that we do, we still support um, Nakua's friend, um, real childhood friend who owns a lo'i now, you know, a thriving lo'i, makes poi every Thursday out of his lo'i in in Kahalu'u and so my kids are so fortunate to to still have that during the summers so that was kind of a bargain when we moved up we told them you do your kulian up here you do good in school you make sure you know you earn to go back in the summers and they spend their entire summers so um, they'll actually come back next week but I have a lot of memories um, I spent a lot of time at the beach I've actually now that my mom's here in Vegas, um, one of my brothers lives here with me as well, I'm trying to get everybody up with me. Um, my dad and my youngest brother still live in Kahalu'u um, next to my in-laws. So my husband's parents live, they live, I always say 100 feet, but it's more like 30 feet um, when we, it's, it's really, really close. And so um, growing up on the beaches, I mean, with that whole financial strain that we talked about in the beginning, um beach is free you know what I mean and I always wondered why I'm, I'm one of four children as well I'm the only girl I'm the oldest I have three younger brothers and I always wondered why we I mean as a kiki the beach is the best like that's our water park that's our playground that's where we you know you build these memories with your cousins your your neighbors your friends your beach friends and you wonder like oh my memories are at the beach you know and 
And my mom was like, yeah, because the beach was free. You know what I mean? Like, that's where we were right. at. And we're so fortunate that you can go to the beach 24, you know, all year round in, uh, in Hawaii. You know what I mean? So all my pictures growing up, I'm like, oh my gosh, I live in a bathing suit. You know, I was always in a bikini. And my mom's like, yeah, growing, raising four kids. I mean, that's where you're going to spend your day. You pack up your cooler, pack up your musubi, and that's where you, you'll spend your time, you know? And it was, yes, creating memories, but my mom, you know, now that I'm a mom and, you know, we're sharing motherhood together here, um, she'll share with me. And she said, yeah, because it was free. Like, you know what I mean? We, we, we were already strained for money. We were trying to live paycheck to paycheck, but the beach was there. The beach was free. You guys loved the beach. It was kind of like a no brainer, you know? And so those are, those are the memories I have of just growing up. I grew up, um, all over uh, my dad, like I said, so cuisine wise, my mom and my dad, you know, I got like Filipino, Japanese, Hawaiian food, everything we do as Kanaka revolves around food. Um, especially when we go home from Vegas, we already have our our list of places to eat. So when people are like, hey, where are you going to be? It's based on where you're eating that day, right? So, oh, I can be over here. Meet me over here. You know, <laughs> like, I'm going gonna, gonna to be over here. I got to get my fix, you know? So um, food was was a big part of my family. Um, I come from a catering family. My parents owned a shave ice uh, catering company. So we did a lot of big events. Um, when I was growing up, that's when Jeremy Harris and Mufi Hanneman were around and we did a lot of their private events. And so I grew up dancing hula. My brother grew up uh, playing ukulele. He sang in the Honolulu Boy Choir. So we were always this dynamic duo, um, dancing hula on catamarans and doing catering events, did a lot of political events, private events. So I grew up in that lifestyle, um, ended up going to expirations at Kamehameha in fifth grade. I, we were living in Kahalu'u. I told my mom, I'm going to this school. I'm going to the school, get me into this school, do whatever I need to do to get into the school. My mom actually uprooted us, moved us to Kalihi um, for a greater geographic exception. Um, I got into Kamehameha. We stayed there for my seventh grade year. And then in eighth grade, we moved back to Kahalu'u. So my brothers will tell that story all the time that they they had to move and make new friends um, just so I could get into Kumema. And I, I mahalo them and I love them up. But yeah, they get really irritated with me and tell that story. They're like, I can't believe you had to move just so you could get into your school. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I love you guys all like for doing all of that. You know, and two of them were baby uh -huh. babies. They were like literally like infants and they still talk about that story. Um, but yes, I went to Kumema and was so fortunate. So a lot of my friends, um, my close, my, you know, my sisters, I don't have sisters by blood, but these are my sisters who I, I was raised with, and they all come from Kamehameha. Um, Kamehameha has opened the doors for me um, with so many opportunities, and um, I just mahalo for the relationships that I still carry today because of those legacies that were, that were created um, back when I was up on the hill. So, my kids still partake in the summer programs. My daughter just went to Ho'oma'aka'ika'i Explorations this year. And I'm Halo Kamehameha for doing everything that they could to put it on this year, despite the pandemic and the restrictions. 
was a little difficult. Last year was um, was via Zoom, which was really, really, our distance learning is how they did expirations. And you can't really experience um, the lo'i through Zoom. Wow. <laughs> really difficult. Yeah, so last, last year, the 2020 year didn't have anything, obviously, with the shutdown. 2021, Kamehameha did their part to at least reach out and create a distance learning program for for the summer programs. And this year was very limited. It was a day drop off. Um, so the Keiki, those of you who know expirations, the Keiki were not allowed to sleep over. It was a day-to-day drop off. And then hopefully next year it could be restored to its full glory. But yes, I mahalo um, these traditions that that um, are still around from, from when I got to experience them that are still around for my my keiki to be a part of as well yes i agree i agree wow i did not know that about expiration my son did go to expiration it was a wonderful wonderful experience so so yeah yes. being able to continue that um with the next generation is awesome it's so sad to hear that they had to do it over over on online you know but at least there was something yeah, at least that, there was, was something yeah, it was huh? so difficult I though. I was like, oh man, that's... and my my daughter got to go day to, you know day drop off, but I'm like, oh man, I was so bummed for her because that experience of sleeping over, yeah. you know, yeah. and for most keiki, it's probably the first time that they've ever been away from yeah. home that yeah. long, you know, for a full week. Yeah. So I was really excited for her, but she got to see all her friends, and we got to go to her um, ho'olaula, and it was still beautiful up on campus, you know, Kamehameha just an amazing job um and I mahalo them for even because came down to the last minute and you know for those of us up here who have to book flights yeah. and coordinate to get our keiki down it, it takes a little more effort and so I, I was like oh my gosh are we going are we not yeah. going and last minute we're like we're just going we're we're gonna go and we plan to go every summer to Oahu my anyways kai. but my kai. yes yeah I know when my son went he was scared to go in the beginning but at the end, when he came home, he was so melancholy. He didn't want to leave. He enjoyed himself so much. And my son is Mr. Right. Aloha, I swear, you know. So, so yeah, it was a great experience. Well, we're coming up on the hour. Wow, that went by so fast, yeah? So fast. <laughs> yeah. So um, before we close, I was wondering, do you have any message or advice that you would like to share with our audience, especially the Kanaka that maybe they're thinking of relocating or maybe they did relocate already, you know? So if you have any advice based off of what you've been through already in the years that you've been away from Hawaii. Yeah, and I've, I've touched on this briefly, but for those of you um, in the in the islands on our Ainahanao who are thinking of relocating specifically to Las Vegas, I will say um, Hawaii is always our home. And you have to remember that in order to really just make the move and in, in the most pono way for you and your ohana, right? A lot of people will say that the financial strain will push you out, but there is, there is so many opportunities here. My keiki are finally in their fifth year here appreciating Vegas and and just the opportunities that can come from living um, up here in Amelika right now. So I say, find it in your heart of how to carry what you have in Hawaii and, and make the move for the best decision for you, right? Um, don't, don't come with any kind of pilikia inside your heart. Um, that will make it very difficult. I've, I've had moments, don't get me wrong, but 
yes, find, find, carry your aloha with you is what I tell people, like bring that aloha with you, right? That lives in our heart, you know, no matter where our feet takes us, that will always live in our heart. And then to our Kanaka who have made the move here. And I mentioned this and it's really connecting, right? If you, I know people who go back and forth, back and forth, um, you know, they come here, they go home, they come here, they go home. And really it is making that connection and building your hui of support, right? Like even if it's just going to the, the local, supporting the local eateries, right? Us as, as Kanaka, food is our, is our love language, right? Like we, we love our food, our local grinds. And part of that, if part of that is missing, you know, local music, there's little grass shack every Sunday, you know, tune in. I have an alarm. All our Alexas turn on to Little Grass Shack. I, I listen to, you know, our Miss Aloha, on a, you know, Doreen, Francis, Puna Boy, and I just crack up. You know, I get fueled by them, like listening to Hawaiian music coming through your radio, you know, not turning on your Pandora, but really connecting. And there's a lot of programs out here um, that are advocating, that are perpetuating, that have programs that really are connecting our, our Hawaiians up here. So it's really creating that hui. And I tell people all the time, when I first moved here in 2006, um, I couldn't even find shoyu in the grocery stores. You know, I had to tell my mom to send up aloha shoyu. Um, there wasn't medium grain rice, you know, there was long grain rice. And I'm like, no, 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 this is not my rice. I cannot make musubi with this kind of rice. like. And that was back in 2004, 2006, when I initially moved here. Then I moved back in 2017 and I'm walking in the local grocery store and there's a whole aisle, you know? So people are definitely conforming um, to the Hawaiians, to the Pacific Islanders out here. We just got to get out there and really connect with ourselves, even if it's through, through social media, through Zoom, um, just stay connected, um, a little more difficult than than back at home, but there's definitely a way. And I hope to see you guys at our Malama Lama series. It is open to anyone willing to connect and grow in our Hawaiian culture together. My kai, my kai. Um, yeah, that that was a great point. Thank you so much for sharing. And I I truly enjoyed this whole ses session with you, um, Cece. Thank you so much for everything that you do, especially the networking and getting that word out to our people and just trying to get everybody to connect, you know. So I mahalo you. And to me, you are you're a great representative out there in this big honua sharing and representing Hawaii. So continue doing what you're doing. Mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. Mahalo for you, Anake. Yeah, and I would love, you know what, this, this session went by so fast and I know there's so much more that we can share. So I would love to invite you back maybe one day and you can give I us an update that. on how everything is going. I would love that. I hope it all works yeah. out because <laughs> I'm a little nervous. <laughs> well, I give give my best to to your ohana. Thank you so much again for sharing your time with us, bearing with me for over an hour <laughs> and just sharing you, sharing your story. So mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. Mahalo. All right, gang, I know that was a long session, but for those of you that hung in there and bared with us talking story, I'm sure you gained a lot of value to the information that Cece shared. 
I know I enjoyed it. Because, you know, I always say that, you know, learning about other people, the more that we know, the more we grow. And then we'll be able to understand situations that they go through and so do we. And we can even see similarities on how we actually are alike. I, for one, are very impressed of the things that Cece is trying to do with our Lahui as she live abroad. And I know our conversation, there was a lot of plugging on events that is happening in Las Vegas. So I'm going to leave that information in the show notes. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me and I'll do my very best to get back to you. And you can connect with me by leaving a comment in this show, or you can go to our social media, which I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and they're all under Hawaii Abroad. So anyway, gang, as always, before you leave, please make sure that you are clicking that subscribe button so you can get notifications whenever our episodes come out. And of course, if you can rate this podcast, I would really appreciate it. And please share this podcast. Okay, everyone. This is Auntie Max signing out for now. Aloha.